I better get to the message this morning. Again, so good to see everybody here today. Let's go to the book of John chapter 7. In the book of John chapter 7, just read a couple verses to launch from this morning. John chapter 7, let's begin reading at verse number 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, everybody say the feast. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. It's like rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. If you are a believer this morning, it is God's plan and purpose and desire that you should receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not enough just to believe. The Bible says the devil believes and the demons of hell believe and they tremble. They're not going to be saved. It's not enough to believe. You have to receive. Amen. That's just a little message in a nutshell this morning. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. It was getting ready to be poured out on Acts in the Acts chapter 2. Amen, the, the New Testament church. But the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. I, I want to title this message this morning. Will you help me preach, by the way? For a few minutes this morning, I'd like to title this message, The Door to the Feast. The Door to the Feast. Would you help me pray that God would talk to our hearts this morning? God, I pray that you would talk to our hearts, our minds, our souls, that you would encourage everyone under the sound of my voice. God, we need your anointing in this place. God, I pray that you, are, that you would just reach down and draw every lamb unto yourself, that you'd wrap your loving arms around everyone in this house this morning. God, speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. God, I pray you'd anoint me, help me to deliver this truth, this message that you've put and imparted in my heart today in the name of Jesus. And let the church say amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the reading of the word today. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Someone asked me a while back and said, hey, where'd you get that, that message? I said, I got it out of a really good book. It's called the Bible. Amen. That's, where do you get most of your messages? Well, I get them pretty much from a really good book. It's a bestseller. It's called the Bible. Amen. It's still good. It's still truth. It's still forever settled in heaven. Praise the Lord. Today, in a little while, we're going to celebrate Friendsgiving with a Friendsgiving feast. We are celebrating uh, our friends, our family. We're celebrating our church family. We're, we're celebrating uh, our fr friends and family that we work with, our co-workers. And, and we, we want to give and acknowledge, we want to give honor to our family, to our friends. We want to celebrate. And that's, that's all good. The Bible tells us and teaches us to give honor to whom honor is due. To be thankful. Uh, enter his gates into, with thanksgiving. Amen. I'm thankful today not just for what God has done, but I'm thankful for the people of God. I'm thankful for the church that we have. I'm thankful for the blessings of God in our lives. Praise the Lord. And uh, I'm, as a history major, you know... as Many of you know that I'm a history major, and, and now I can go back and talk about 1620 and Plymouth Rock and Plymouth Plantation and, uh, and the pilgrims and how they offered the first Thanksgiving, and they were being thankful for the harvest. They were really thankful they had food to eat. <laughs> hey man, I'm thankful for the food I eat, I can tell you that. Anybody else thankful for food? <laughs> Amen. And... Uh, we celebrate Thanksgiving as a nation, and we're thankful for what God has done for our nation. We're thankful for the rights and freedoms and liberties that we have, and we have a lot to be thankful for. We need, we, I think what we need in this generation is more of an attitude of gratitude. Amen. There's a whole lot of people that take things for granted. There's a lot of people in our generation, some of the younger generation. I know many of them are out in Sunday school and classes today, but 
There's a, I see it. I, I, I work in the high school district. I understand. I see young people all the time. And, but not just even young people. Some of the older people that, that don't have a thankful attitude. They don't have an attitude of gratitude. And they're not thankful for the rights and freedoms and privileges that they have. And, and I just want to say, why don't you go to a third world country someplace where they're, just, they're scraping together just to have something to fill their belly. Or they're, they're, they don't have any rights or freedoms. Or they could, they could go to countries like we had missionary hands come here a couple weeks ago. He's a missionary to China. Wonderful people great people hungry people great underground church going on there by hundreds if not thousands uh, in the underground church but yet they they can't even come in a a symbol like this because they don't have the freedom and right to worship the lord like we do and so i i'm thankful for what god has given us and i and i and i wish i wish everyone had what we have to be honest i i don't want to just keep it to myself and i want everybody to have and I want everyone to be thankful, but you understand there's not everybody else is thankful. And so in the Bible, if you look throughout the Bible, there were many banquets. There were feasts like Friendsgiving, like we're going to have today. There were suppers that they would have, and they were held to celebrate friendships and to show thanksgiving for the fellowship that they had one with another. We call it friends giving because we are giving to our friends. We want to give food, but we want to give a smile. We want to give a helping hand. We, we want to give an encouraging word to, to our friends, to our family. Amen. If you're here today, it's probably because you have a friend that loves and cares about your soul today. Amen. And so throughout the Bible, you can find uh, uh, feasts with friends. You can, you can find uh, feasts or and literally the word feast or the supper or a banquet and to honor and to celebrate the gathering of, of people coming together. In Jesus' time, they would often sit and cross their legs on the floor and they would somewhat recline and, and they would eat with their hands. They didn't have forks and spoons. And, and so before you get on to your three-year-old grandson too much, uh, understand that's how Jesus ate. So sometimes it's just more fun to eat with your hands. Throughout the Bible, you can find um, feasts taking place. In Genesis, the, very, the book of beginnings in Genesis 21, we find Abraham made his friends a great feast in 21 and 8 of Genesis to celebrate Isaac. In Genesis 26 and 30, Isaac himself, he made a feast and celebrated with his friends the things of God. In Genesis 29, Laban made a feast for the wedding of Jacob and Leah. Praise the Lord. In Exodus chapter 5, this is so cool. When I was studying this, it kind of jumped off the page at me. I thought, man, Moses was a man after my own heart. Moses, in Exodus 5, the Bible says, Moses and Aaron went in... And told Pharaoh, now you understand, they've been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. That's the backdrop here. They've been in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. And Moses and Aaron, in verse number 1 of Exodus chapter 5, they tell Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Let my people go, not because we've been in bondage, but because we need to go eat. Say, we got to go hold a feast. Sometimes you wish the pastor would let God's people go so you could go eat. Hallelujah. (laughs) Got about five laughs on that. I'm somewhat trying to be humorous, but. Moses in the Bible and Aaron, they go to Pharaoh, let my people go. Let God's people go. Because God is calling us to a place where he is going to provide. (laughs) He's going to provide what we have need of to have the feast. Praise the Lord. So numerous feasts in the wilderness. I don't have time to get into all of them, but you can go to Leviticus chapter 23. And you can look at the seven feasts that the Jewish nation still even to this day, celebrates. You have the feast of the Passover. You know the history of the Passover. The lamb, the blood on the doorpost, and the mantle. But you have the feast of the Passover. You have the feast of the unleavened bread. You have the feast of the first fruit, which is the third day celebration after the Passover. Interesting enough, that's also the day Jesus was resurrected from the dead. The feast of weeks or Pentecost or harvest, often referred to as the same feast. The feast of trumpets. 
It's the wedding feast of the Lamb, the, the Day of Atonement feast, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which celebrates God's provision and, and protection that God provided and protected during the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. So there's a lot of feasts and opportunities for people, the people of God, to get together to celebrate the things of God. And it's interesting enough, once you get to the wilderness, you always find a table that was set up in the tabernacle and later in, in, in Moses' tabernacle and later in Solomon's temple. You, you would find a table with showbread because there was always food to be had in the house of God. Praise the Lord. There's always food. There's always spiritual sustenance to have, to, to enjoy in the house of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I'm thankful we can come to the house of the Lord and we can hear a word from God. And it is, it is like, it is the bread of life, if you will. Praise the Lord. And, and uh, there's always food in the house. <clears throat> Talking about how throughout the Bible there was always a feast or a, a celebration that took place. In Judges chapter 14, Samson made a feast. In 2 Samuel 3 and 20, David made a feast. In 1 Kings 3.15, Solomon made a feast. Are you getting, getting the picture here this morning? Every generation you go down, they were getting together and they were pigging out. <laughs> Every generation would get together and celebrate with a feast to celebrate the things of God. These are people after my own heart because I like to eat. Anybody else like to eat here, eat here this morning? Anybody like some barbecue ribs or some good old fried chicken, some homemade ice cream? Maybe some lamb, I don't know, whatever, a pork chop. Give me some good old waffles with some peanut butter and old-fashioned hot syrup. Anybody getting hungry? Solomon made a feast in 1 Kings 3.15. King Jeroboam ordained a feast in 1 Kings 12.32. 2 Chronicles 30.22. Hezekiah and all of the Levites, the ministry, held a feast together to be thankful for the things of God. Ezra made a feast. Nehemiah made a feast. Isaiah, Hosea, and Zechariah all held feasts. Esther held a feast. Praise the Lord. And she held the feast. The king and Haman were both there. And let's just say it was for the saving of her people. Important things could transpire at a feast. I, I love in the New Testament you read, <clears throat> you still find feasts and banquets and suppers in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. In John chapter 2, the first miracle that Jesus performed was at a wedding feast where he turned water into wine. Praise the Lord. In Luke chapter 2, verse 41, we find Jesus and his, with his parents, they go to Jerusalem as they did every year at the feast of the Passover. Everybody say feast. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And, and they, they go and they journey to Jerusalem. They go for the feast, and they're, they're there to worship God, and they're also there to fellowship one with another. I think it's important that we worship God and we have a move of God, but we also need to appreciate our, the fellowship of the brothers and the sisters, the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. And, and in, while they were there, they, they got ready to leave, and they got all their stuff together. They got in their caravan, and they take off, and they're a, a full day's journey, and they go, where's Jesus? I don't know. I thought you had him. Isn't that a scary thing? If you miss, can you imagine misplacing your child? Don't raise your hand if you've ever done that. <laughs> Where's Jesus? I don't know. I thought you had him. No, I thought he was with you. Uh-oh. You just left the Messiah. So here his parents go back. Not only do they go back to Jerusalem, they're a full day's journey. So it takes them probably, well, it may be taking a little less because Mary's probably in charge. She's saying, hurry up, let's go. Let's go twice as fast back. So let's say they get back in a day or less. The Bible says it took them three days to find him. And where did they find Jesus? They found him in the temple at the feast, confounding the wise. 
Because he's God in the flesh. At 12 years old, he's explaining Scripture. Why? Because his spirit was there inspiring those that wrote the Scripture. He's like, I wrote this stuff. You're a 12-year-old boy in the flesh, but he is God in the flesh. Hello? He's like, I wrote this stuff. Jesus, you've been now by yourself. How in the world were you surviving? He was at the feast. It's like, who wants to leave a feast? Matthew chapter 14. Jesus is with his disciples, and they look out, and there's 5,000 men plus the women and children. That's a whole lot, thousands of people. And guess what? They're hungry. Again, people after my own heart. <laughs> They're hungry. Jesus, you got all these followers here listening to you talk and perform many miracles and you're healing people. And Jesus, what, what are we going to do? They're hungry. You can't just send them away. What do you guys got to eat? We don't have anything. Oh, this kid over here, he's got, he's got his little lunch, five loaves and five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish. Hey, everybody's getting fish and chips today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody like fish and chips? Yeah. Hallelujah. I think there's going to be fish and chips in glory. I'm telling you what. It's going to be heavenly tartar sauce drizzled all over. <laughs> Spiritual lemons just squirted all over. Heaven's going to be a social experience, by the way, if you haven't figured that out. Hello? There's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. There's going to be... A banquet. There's all kinds of scriptures that talk about it. It's going to be some kind of a social ex experience going on. So let me, just, let me just enjoy that thought for a little while. So what do you got to eat? We just got five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish, and that's enough. They bring it to Jesus. He prays over it. He blesses it. He breaks it. And pretty soon he had enough. He multiplied it. And he fed 5,000 men plus women and all the children, and they had, they had 12 baskets left over. What a Friendsgiving feast that was. That's why if you read, read over another chapter two, you find there's, a whole, there's another 4,000 that come out, men plus women and children. They're like, hey, he did it already. Let's go back for that good old fish and chips. Jesus is coming. Hey, let's go get some lunch. <laughs> John chapter 12, Jesus sits. He's already resurrected Lazarus. That's already happened. But here he is at Bethany. And he's sitting at the table at a feast with Lazarus and his disciples. And Mary comes and she breaks the alabaster box and she anoints him. He says, she's anointing me for my burial. And you find the same chapter. You find how he will be betrayed. And he comes and he, and he goes. And guess where he goes from there? He goes to another Last Supper. Where we, where we get our, the communion and he washes their feet and he talks about the cup of life and the bread of life and all taking place at a supper. How many have heard of the Last Supper? <clears throat> so eating is a biblical thing. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, <laughs> eating is a biblical thing. Celebrating our family and our friends by breaking bread together is a biblical thing. Matter of fact, the church, the New Testament church, the church we are a part of, that began in Acts chapter 2, where Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there, the disciples were there. 120 in the upper room were there. <clears throat> and then people are coming and they're, they're taking their pilgrimage. They're coming at a feast. They were coming for a feast but did not understand what they were going to feast on. <laughs> they were coming for a feast and to celebrate a feast but did not realize they were going to be fed something they had never tasted before. Because the Bible says that they look... At the disciples and Mary and the, all those, in the, and they've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they're like, 
These people are acting crazy. They're speaking in our language, and we know they're not from where we are. They're speaking, our, they're speaking foreign languages here. It looks like they're drunk. They're acting like they're drunk. and say, these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And, and Peter began to preach Jesus Christ to these people who were coming for a feast, but they were hungry for something that they knew not what. They didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God. They didn't understand that the Spirit of God was just being poured out. That was the day of Pentecost. Time of feast. Praise God. And they look at Peter and the disciples and say, what must we do to be saved? I want a little taste of this. I want a little taste of what they got. I don't know what they got, but it looks good. What they've been drinking, I want some. What they've been eating, I want just a little bit. What must we do to be saved? What do I have to do to get that? And Peter preached, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, your sins, and you shall, you shall, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Almighty God that has breathed into my soul. There is nothing that can satisfy my soul like feasting and experiencing the power of God. <clears throat> but he didn't stop there. He said, for this promise, this promise of the Holy Ghost, this promise that you get to also partake of a spiritual feast in your soul. The only thing, it'll be like rivers of living water springing up. The only thing that can satisfy is this Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God receiving the Holy Ghost into your soul. He said, for this promise is unto you. And I'm so thankful for this, right? And to your children. And to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is all of us. Thank you, God, for extending an invitation to all of us. Red, yellow, black, white, brown, pink, polka dot. Whosoever will, he said, let them come to the feast. Whosoever will, come and dine. Whosoever will, I got a place prepared at my table just for you. God's got a, a, a name plate. God's got a place at his table that's reserved with your name on it. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. And a couple verses later. Verse 42, this is the day of Pentecost. Holy Ghost is poured out. There's people going, I want, I want some of this. Peter's saying, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to experience some of this. And verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. <clears throat> you ready? And in breaking of bread. We have scripture for what we do. And in prayers. Don't stop praying. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men. And every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. And here it is again, breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. <clears throat> Praising God and having favor with all the people. If you feed them, you'll make them happy. <laughs> if you are partaking of food, you'll get happy. <clears throat> That's like, I don't know how some people can come to church, be like they go to a restaurant, or you go to a, a potluck. Let's just change it to a potluck because it's free. By the way, 130 a day is free. It doesn't cost you anything. We're not charging for this. Are we charging for this? I better say, no, we're not charging for this. <laughs> It's free food today. Oh, hallelujah. It's all you can eat buffet. 
You ready? He already paid the price. I said, he already paid the price. They praised God and had favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Through the breaking of bread. Through the fellowship. Through being kind-hearted one towards another. The reason we are here is because somebody cared enough about us. To say, hey, I, I've got some food on the table. I, I've, I found a table that, that I found something that it could satisfy my soul. But there's, I'm telling you, I don't want to just keep it to myself. There's plenty to go around. I said there's plenty to go around. If you, if you need something from the Lord, he's got whatever you have need of on his table. Praise God. We, we are Pentecostal in experience. We... We Pentecostals, we have this code. We say, hey, let's fellowship. What we mean is let's go pig out. Sometimes I wonder if we are, should be called Pentecostals or Feastacostals. And that's my word. You can write that down. That's a new one. Maybe we should be called Feastacostals. Hallelujah. I've done my fair share, as you can tell. But I find something. I, I, I got to hurry through time, but I... I found something that's just kind of cool. In Genesis chapter 43, we find the story of Joseph, how he had been betrayed by his brothers, and, and he's second in command of Pharaoh, and his brothers come back, and he sees his brothers, and he saves his brothers. And, and in, in chapter 43 of 34, and Joseph took and sent messes or lunches, food baskets, messes. It's a, they, got a, they call it a mess, ha, a, me, a mess hall, right? In the military, it's mess. Isn't it? is, that, is they still call it mess, Chappie? Mess hall. And sent messes unto them from before him. But Benjamin, who was his brother, his full brother, is his little brother. It's his favorite. In Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. You see, there was, there was this thing called uh, extra portions. It was customary to give an extra portion to the favorite. God wants to give each and every one of you an extra portion. Because you're his favorite. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to give you some extra Hallelujah. Praise God. And the cool thing is, Benjamin got the extra, but he was sharing it with all his brothers. God gives you some extra so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Well, I ain't got time to preach all that, so I'll, I'll keep going. This all right this morning? Anybody getting hungry already this morning? <laughs> Hurry it up, Pastor. Let my people go so we can go feast. <laughs> Exodus chapter 5. <laughs> Believe the Lord is inviting us to sit at his table. In Luke chapter 22, verse 29. Jesus said, And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Psalms 34, I quoted it a minute ago, verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord... Is good. Psalms 107 and 9, for he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Psalms 23, verse 5, David said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Isaiah 49 and 8, Thus saith the Lord, they shall feed. Everybody say feed. In the ways and their pastures shall be in all high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be Field. If you're hungry for something from the Lord today, God wants to fill and satisfy your hungry soul this morning. 
Praise God. I said, God wants to feel and satisfy your soul. If you're hungry for something from God, if you're looking for something, if you came today for some, to find something, to receive something, you've come to the right place. John chapter 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. A few verses later in verse 47 of John chapter 6, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. In Luke 5, 29, and Levi made him, Jesus, a great feast in his own house. Here comes Jesus and Levi. He's a publican. He invites, he invites Jesus to his house. He, he says, Jesus, come over. I've got, I've got supper on the table. Here comes Jesus. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But the scribes and the Pharisees murmured against the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? They're getting upset because... Brother righteous, brother self-righteous, brother Mr. Perfect and Sister Perfect over there say, hey, look, Jesus is going to go sit down and break bread with some publicans and with some sinners. And oh, how, why in the world would he want to stoop so low? Because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why. Because he's no respecter of persons. That's why. Matter of fact, I don't find him sitting down and eating with Pharisees and Sadducees and, and all these hypocrites very often, but I, I see him coming to the hungry. I see him coming to those that say, God, woe is me. God, I see him coming and sitting down with those that are publicans and are sinners and say, God, I want need some help. Well, hallelujah. It's the attitude we should have for anyone in this world. Whosoever will, let him come. Jesus, why are you eating and drinking with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That came to save the lost. Praise the Lord. Isn't that interesting? He, he's, he's coming to save the lost. And where does he want to come and, and make connections and build? He comes to break bread with the people. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. You can't sit at the table of God and the table of the devil at the same time. You've got to choose you this day which table you're going to serve. Pastor sent me a text, uh, had a quote, and I was, man, this is powerful. He said, don't sit at tables. Don't sit at the tables that Jesus would have flipped over. Hello. I want to sit at Jesus' table. Matter of fact, the only table I find Jesus flipping over wasn't at a publican's house. Wasn't at a sinner's house. Wasn't at Zacchaeus' house. It wasn't even in Bethany. It wasn't there. The only tables he flipped was in his own house because they were doing bad things in his house. My house shall be called a house of prayer. You can't sit at Jesus' table and the table of the devil at the same time. Prodigal son left his father's house and went and wasted all he had. He's out there eating what ends up eating what the pigs were left over. I mean, that's disgusting. The Bible says he came to himself. When he came to himself, he says, My servant, the servants in my father's house have it better than this. So he turns and says, I will rise, I will return back home. And he goes back home to his father's house. He said, I'm tired of sitting at this table. I'm going to go to my father's house. He's got a whole lot better stuff on the table than what I've got. That's why in this place, they, everybody comes in and we look all sophisticated and all. We, some of us even have a tie on. Some, some of the ladies here today, look, they, their hair's all done. And did you know there's people in this sanctuary used to be on cocaine? You couldn't tell by the way they look now. Why? Because they left the, they left the pig's pen and they're back to the father's house. 
Our God is a good God. I'm glad that even when some of us were out there in the pig's pen, he said, I still got a place at my table for you. And when the prodigal son came back, the Bible says the father saw him. And when he saw him afar off, he ran to him and he wrapped his arms around him and he, and he put a garment on him and the ring on his finger symbolizing relationship. And he said, go, fit, go kill the fatted calf. We're having a party. We're having a feast. Over one sinner that repents... Because that's in Luke 15. Over one sinner that repents, heaven rejoices. You think we're going to have some good food this afternoon. Can you imagine what food they're having in glory? Molly's for everybody. prodigal has returned and the dad said go kill the fatted calf kill it let us eat and be merry we have thanksgiving feast today or friendsgiving we're going to eat and we're going to be merry and you know what church let's be thankful that god has saved our soul and that He's saving our friends. And He's saving our family. And He's able to save those that aren't saved today, but God's still able. God's still able. He wants to save them. He wants them. He still has a place at His table reserved just for them. Praise God. In custom, I, man, I, I got to hurry. I really have. I, can I have just a few more minutes this morning? I've already gone longer than I thought, but Matthew chapter 22, verse number 2. I was going to ask, could I have just like, who give me, who raise your hand? Give me like two more minutes. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. All right, thank you. <laughs> Matthew 22, and to the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. And they would not come. Again, everybody say again. He sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. You see, you've got to understand something. There was a custom, in, 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 there was a custom, it was a Jew, Jewish custom, that when you would send, invite somebody to dinner, to a feast, it was a custom, it was customary to invite them a second time. It was customary for the master of the feast, the master of the house, to extend another invitation. Because maybe the first time you got the invitation, you didn't have the right frame of mind, or maybe you hadn't cleared your plate yet of things in this life, or maybe you didn't. But God, God said, God's saying, I feel like this morning He's calling for that one. He's saying, I want to give you another invitation. I've still got, I, I, I've kept this, this place setting right here for you. I've got plenty for your soul this morning. There's more, there's more than enough. There's plenty to go around for everybody. And I, and I saved this spot just for you. You still have a name, a, a nameplate right here, a place reserved for you at my table. But last time I sent the invitation, you said, no, not, not today, not now. So again, the master of the house here in the setting, he sends forth an invitation. He said, I still have a place in the church for you. The, the, the church is a perfect place for imperfect people. The, church, the Bible says we are fitly framed together. He put, put an imperfect person and I fit perfectly in the kingdom of God. So, well, I'm not perfect. Welcome to the club. That means you can fit in. Because there's no perfect people in the house of God here today. Hello. This is making sense to anybody this morning? And again, he sent forth other servants, telling them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And they all had excuses. But verse 9, he says, Go ye therefore unto the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. He's no respecter of persons today. He's just saying, who will ever come? Just come. I've got a place reserved. If they won't, who else will? Revelations, the book of Revelations at the conclusion of the Bible. Revelations 19, verse number 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice 
and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife, the church, the bride of Christ, hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And He saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Blessed or happy are those that are called and come. Blessed or happy are those that are partaking of the things of God. And in closing this morning, it was also a Jewish custom. We stand together in this place. It was a Jewish custom. When all of the guests that had been invited to the supper, the invitation had gone out, the guests had arrived and come to the supper, all the guests had come to the feast, all the guests had come to enjoy the food that had been prepared. And I'm thankful for the spiritual food that God has prepared for us at the altar. I'm thankful for the things of God at the table. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. I'm thankful for the the table of the Lord today. I'm thankful for the bread of life. I'm thankful for the rivers of living water that springeth up in my soul today. I'm thankful for that that I can have this opportunity to partake in the things of God. Thankful that when He extended an invitation to me to come, Just be thankful that he, that he gave me an invitation and just come. There's times when we've invited people to the house. Hey, can I bring anything? Just bring yourself. Do you want me to bring a dessert? Do you want to bring, if you want to bring something fine, but just come. I just want you to be there. I just want you to come. Why? It's not about as much about the food. It's about our relationship. And I feel like the Lord is just inviting someone. You don't have to bring anything. Just come. relationship with me. Praise, worship me. Can I bring anything? Yeah, bring yourself. We want to break bread. We want to have fellowship. We want to eat. We want to partake. It's biblical. Old Testament and the New Testament. I tried to set the stage. Everything I've said to bring us to this point right here. It's biblical to just come. Well, I got to be perfect. I have to have the perfect thing to bring. I have to have. No, just bring yourself. Just come. Come as you are. God's not calling you because of the things you have. What is it that I have that. Only thing you have that He wants is your soul to have a relationship with you. You, your soul, your person, who you are. Perfect. I don't have any. Why do you bring a king? Why do you bring the king of kings? Yourself. Just come. So it was this Jewish custom. When all of the guests that had come, when all the guests had arrived, the master the house with his own hands would shut the door 
when the door was shut, the feast would begin. But not for anyone that was left outside. You could not enjoy or partake of the feast once the door was shut. So, Pastor, you just kind of threw us a little curveball there. Yeah, on purpose, because this is what I feel in my heart, Brother Monks. In Luke chapter 13, verse 24, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say to you, I know you not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence. We've been there before. We sat at the table before. But you're not in the house when the door was shut. He shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me and you workers of iniquity. When the master of the house shuts the door to the feast, it's only the ones that are within the door. Only the ones that are inside the house. I'll tell there's blessings forevermore, but it's only though for those that are in the house. Parable of the ten virgins, the five wise and the five foolish. You probably know the story. Five had oil. Five of them, their lamps were going out or going out. They didn't have enough oil. The bridegroom came. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Only the five that had oil. Can I tell you, only the five that had the Holy Ghost. Only the five that had the Spirit of God. Only the five that had a relationship. For the five that went out, they were looking to find oil somewhere outside the house. But once the door was shut, Pastor, it's kind of harsh on our Friendsgiving. No, I'm trying my best right now to implore somebody in this house. God has sent you an invitation. Maybe this is the second or third or fourth or twelfth or twentieth invitation, but there's still an open door. He said, I am the door of the sheep. I am the way. I am the truth, I am the life, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Revelation chapter 3. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write this. He said, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast denied my name. Can I tell somebody, God set before you an open door? Get in the church! Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door, and knock, if any man will hear my voice, and open the door, I will come into him, and will sup, 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 feast, supper. With him, he with me. Jesus said in Matthew 24, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing, I'm done. Matthew 24, he said, but, as it, uh, but of the day and hour knoweth no man, no, nor not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying giving in marriage till the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. My question to you this morning, they were eating and drinking in the ark and they were eating and drinking outside of the ark. But when God closed the door, my question to you this morning is which table are you sitting at? And which table will you be sitting when Jesus comes again. God, help this world to see. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning. Church family, help me pray right now. God, I pray. 
You've set before someone this morning an open door. All they have to do is come to the table. Oh, God, all they need to do is step out in faith. All they need to do is come to the table and say, God, I need something from you. I want to come eat and feast at your table. God, I want you to, I need you to satisfy my soul. There's something that I come that I have need of this morning. Oh, I believe right now this morning, church, God is sending an invitation to someone that will come and step out. He said, I've set before thee an open door. I'm telling you, the door is still open to come feast with him. The store, the door is still open. He wants to sit and feast with you. He calls his friends to those that are come into this house. But those that would not enter into the door, he said, I never knew you. You weren't a friend. But I'm telling you, friends give to friends. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you need a friend today, you can find a friend in Jesus. And oh, what a friend we have in him. If you have a friend or have need of a friend this morning, I would invite everyone to come. Whoever wants church family, if you would like to come, if you're a guest today, we'd invite you to come. You want to come and stand or kneel. Whatever you are accustomed with, if you want to stay where you're at, that's perfectly fine. I'm not trying to pressure anyone to come literally to the altar, but I am trying to pressure someone to think for yourself and think about your soul and your standing and say, God, I want to, I want to sit at the master's table. So I just want to invite anyone that would, that would like to come. Just come, maybe come and kneel or come and lift up your hands and just begin to praise and worship God. Begin to thank the Lord that He set before you an open door. Just begin to praise and worship Him. And if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I believe this morning you can lift up your hands. You can begin to praise the Lord. And I believe God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues this morning. Church, can we find a place to pray in this house? Pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for your friends.